Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. The Box of Oddities is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you access your podcasts. But we hope you give CastBox a try. The curator is greatly pleased with CastBox. We think it's the best. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. We're sitting here with our bowl of Kit Kats waiting for the trick-or-treaters. I didn't bother turning the porch light on because I hate it when people come and eat my candy. Um, plus, we have those um, automatic lights that work when the motion, you know, the motion sensor lights, right. they're called. Right. And uh, they're so covered in cobwebs that they don't turn on most of the time <laughs> anymore. True. So, Well, I, I think it adds a nice... Ambiance, though. Sure, for yeah. For Halloween. For Halloween, sure. but the rest of the year, we're just gross. <laughs> <laughs> we just got a tweet from, uh, is it a tweet or an Instagram thing? You uh, sent me a screenshot of it. That's a tweet. That's a tweet? Okay. Marissa, at Box of Oddities, I got my VIP tickets to your first live show. I'll be flying in from North Dakota. So amazing. That's great. Now the pressure's on. I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. We're so excited. I've bought four dresses. It seems excessive now, <laughs> but um, it's going to be great. It's February 27th at Zany's in Nashville, and tickets are available now. On our website, which is theboxofoddities.com. It's, uh, again, the 27th of February in Nashville at Zany's Comedy Nightclub. We are very much looking forward to it. Hello? Oh, hang on. I'll, go, I'll get it. Hang on. Trick or treat! Oh, hey, come on in, kids. Come on in. You're just in time for Uncle Cat and Aunt Jethro to tell you some horrifying stories about dismemberment. And otherworldly apparitions. It'll be great. Have a seat. 
Don't touch my Kit Kats. Zap. All right, here we go. A couple of weeks ago, we asked for your submissions. We asked you to tell us your most scary true life experience. Record it on your iPhone or whatever it is you have and uh, send it to us at curator at the box of oddities.com. And you provided. We got so many amazing stories. And I wish we could play them all. We I, can't. I really do, but we can't. We do not have time. But we picked out some of our favorites and we're going to share them with you. These are true stories, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, according to uh, the freaks that sent them in. And we're very excited to share them with you. Are you excited, kids? Yes, you are. Oh, yeah. All right, our, f- <laughs> our first uh, true life horror story comes from Freak Sam. Freak Sam? Yeah, I'm just going to call everybody. I'm just, it's like Mr. and Mrs. I'm just you know, oh, freak. Okay. Freak Sam. To me, it reminds me of like Elder Sam. Like some sort of a religious order? Yes. Okay, sure. I guess it could be. We could start our own cult. It is Halloween after all. I do love a cult. Here's Sam and his true life horror story. Hi, my name is Sam Porter, and this is my story of my encounter with the paranormal. When I was in sixth grade, my parents got a house in an auction. Uh, The reason this house was up for auction is because the little lady who used to live there died in a car accident. She was coming out of the parking lot at a local Kroger here in town and got T-boned by a semi-truck. So you're going up the stairs. To the right, there's just this room that the stairs let directly into. It's like an open space. The only thing separating my room from the stairs is just a banister. On your left would be my parents' room, and on your right, would be my bedroom. We had just moved in, like, we probably had been living there for about a week. Uh, we spent the summer, like, renovating the place. We had a beagle. Uh, his name was Milo. Milo was just kind of, like, going ape shit, Just, like, running up and down the stairs and back and forth. He wasn't barking anything, which was pretty uncharacteristic for him. He must, like, Skipped a step or something. There's a bit of a ruckus at the bottom of the steps, but, I mean, he was fine. I saw this thin, skinny old lady come to my parents' bedroom. It looked like she had, like, a nightgown on. I'm laying there in bed calling out, Mom. Mom. Mom, within my bedroom, I hear, What do you want? Then my mom came to the door. This apparition just kind of like dissipated as my mom approached. So she's standing there, assuredly now, in the doorway and quite angry at me for having woken her up. What What do you want? I And I was just kind of speechless. I didn't. I didn't know what to tell her. If I told her what I saw, she's not going to believe me. I just kind of like rolled over in bed and pulled the blankets up over my head and hoped that I could fall asleep real soon. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. 
Well, that's pretty. That's pretty creepy, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad that she got t-boned by a um, by a semi. But it made for a good story. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's creepy. It reminds me of a story. Somebody told me this uh, years ago when they lived in a uh, an old antique house on the coast of Massachusetts. And it, I guess it was a um, supposedly a sea captain's home. And there were a lot of bumps in the night and strange things that, you know, you could attribute pretty easily to it being an old house. But one of the strange things that happened, they had a cat there and the cat would always sit on top of a dresser mm-hmm. in one of the bedrooms staring at the ceiling. And so this went on for days and days and days and days. That freaks me out because, you know, cats, dogs, children are always supposed to have a better idea of what's going on as far as the other side. Sure. They can see and sense things that we cannot. They thought, however, that the cat was hearing a mouse or rats in the attic. Sure. There was no attic door there. There was nothing to allow them to go up. So they took one of the panels off the ceiling to see up inside of it. And there was a hidden attic that they didn't know was there. There had been a trap door there, but uh, somebody had put a, uh, a ceiling over it decades before. So creepy. And the cat was just going nuts. So they opened up this old trap door and climbed up into the attic of this old sea captain's house in Massachusetts. And what they found was a, a pile of Christmas gifts that looked like they had been there for 100 years. How did they know they were Christmas gifts? Because they were wrapped in festive Christmas paper. Oh. And they all had the name of one person on them. It was like four or five gifts, if I'm remembering this correctly. Mm-hmm. And of course, they didn't know exactly how many years it had been up there, but obviously it had been up there for many, 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 many years. Sure. So they brought them down and they opened them up and Ooh. they were all toys, Victorian type toys for a little boy. Ooh. And they thought, well, that's that's kind of weird. As they're opening them up in the bedroom, the cat was really agitated, pacing back and forth on top of the bureau, and and its tail was up, its back was arched, hair was standing up, you know, the Halloween cat thing. And then he started to meow and make all kinds of weird noises. And so they looked over at him, and the cat sat there and looked directly at him and said, Help me, mommy, I'm choking. Ha! Yeah. Ha! (laughs) Yeah. And so they obviously freaked out and they went and they did some history on the house and they found out that a little boy had choked to death at Christmas time in 1902. Oh my gosh. That's horrendous. Yeah. That gives me the shivs. For sure. I got the goosies. Got the goosies? Yeah. So let that be a lesson to you kids. If your cat starts talking, it's time to move. I think that's solid advice. Yeah. Solid. What's our next story? Jonathan from Utah sent us a story that I have titled Jonathan's Long Road. Hey guys, my name is Jonathan Holmes and this is my creepy story. About four years ago, my mom and I were driving out to a Halloween party in a small farm town in Utah. It was about 15 minutes from our small town, so we didn't start driving until after dark, and I'll admit, I was pretty nervous to begin with. The back road that we were taking had a huge grave memorial about halfway through it that was set up for a Mormon massacre that took place in the 1800s. Apparently, over 80 people were marched out there and shot. So, as we're on our way out there, we pass this site and my mom tries to make some idle conversation to put me at ease, when we feel this heavy weight in the air and this deep sense of dread washes over us. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, but my mom is usually the one who will check if something goes bump in the night. So I was unnerved when she hit the gas and sped the car up to get away from whatever feeling we were experiencing. 
The weight got heavier, and it seemed like the car's headlights were just getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. We could almost feel someone sitting in the back seat of the car. And I remember thinking that no one lived out on this stretch of road, so if something happened to us, we wouldn't be able to call for help. Just then, we hit the town's limits, and the weight left us in this huge wave. It was like this heavy smog hit a wall while we passed through. At the party, I told one of my friends who informed me that the locals know not to take that back road at night, because apparently this happens pretty often. In fact, local legend says that there are vengeful ghosts that try to drive Utahns off the road, and that accidents are actually quite common. We use the highway now, and in daylight. Well, I know what Jonathan's talking about. That's the uh, that's the Mormon massacre, right? That's the Mountain Meadows massacre, and that was a series of attacks on the Baker Francher emigrant wagon train, which took place in 1857, which resulted in the mass slaughter of a uh, entire party of people by members of the Utah militia. It was awful. And uh, the militia was uh, composed of Southern Utah's Mormon settlers. And they intended to leave no witnesses. The perpetrators killed all the adults and older children, about 120 men, women, and children in total. Wow. 17 children, all younger than seven, were spared. Oh, my God. The, uh, the wagon train, which was mostly families from Arkansas, was bound for California on a route that passed through the Utah Territory. I had heard about paranormal activity in that area, but not firsthand. That's, yeah. that's great. Thanks, Jonathan, for sending that in. Our next story comes from Matt, who had a very uncomfortable afternoon at the ruins of an old farm. So it was the summer of 94. My grandmother gave me a call and said, hey... Uh, my friend has a granddaughter here from California and has been here and needs to be entertained. She's bored. So being that age where I want to impress the ladies, went, met her, introduced her to my friends, and all of us being bored, we decided to uh, venture out to a place called the Orn Farm. A little ways out of town, it was a clear day, there was no wind, there was nothing going on, so we proceeded on out to the place. Uh, we got there, we drove a little ways in, it's a long dirt road, and then it opens up into a clearing. And didn't get too far in on the road, and one of my buddies started saying that he didn't really want to go. Uh, this is not the type of guy to say he didn't really want to do anything. He's kind of an adventure seeker, so it was out of sorts. So we, uh, we pressed on, stopped the vehicle, started to, to make our way into the open area, the buddy that didn't want to go went down to his knees and just started saying it's bad. Couldn't handle it. Just said it's bad. I gotta get out of here. This is no good. The girl that we uh, had with us was very interested in what was going on. She was not a skeptic whatsoever. I, on the other hand, was very skeptic. Further I headed out into the field, the windier it got. And then somebody said, hey... I, uh, I think I might hear some chains. I thought, there's no way you hear chains. The wind progressively got worse. It was kind of an odd thing. And uh, the skeptic in me started to say, this truly is kind of weird. 
we were walking towards what all of us seemed to be thinking we heard chains. But at that point, my buddy was having a real hard time. It was bad. So we all went back to the vehicle and going to the vehicle, we realized that the, uh, the car would not start. Didn't click, didn't do anything. We put the keys in and uh, started to push the car out. As we left the field, the wind stopped. Pushed the vehicle out to the road, asked the friend what was going on, and he just said he had this incredible feeling come over him that just it was bad and that we should not be there. The car started as soon as we got to the road. Yep. Incidentally, I don't think uh, we were asked to entertain the lady again, and uh, <laughs> I don't think many of us talked about it ever again. I think sometimes it's hard to convey the feelings that come up when you encounter this kind of experience. And the way that he just kept saying, this is bad, this is yeah, bad. Like, yeah. I, I, I felt that feeling, and that's terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah, and the idea that the wind came up as soon as they walked into that field where the farmhouse had been, and they were hearing chains rattling. But as soon as they left, the wind stopped. The car wouldn't start, but as soon as they got it out to the road, it started right up. <sighs> yeah, that's creepy. I think if I were that girl, I wouldn't have hung out with you guys again either. She was going back to Cali. Cali? Back to Cali. Cali? I don't think so. Christy from Pennsylvania shared with us a story of her trek to Gettysburg. Ooh. Gettysburg. I love the Civil War. That's weird. Well, yeah. I probably wouldn't have loved it right. as, if let's, I had to fight in it. Right. But, let's just let her uh, tell the story. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Well, hello, Kat and Jethro. This is Christy G. I have a true story of the paranormal that my friends and I experienced in the summer of 1994. We had just graduated from high school, and we loved to spend our weekends driving out to faraway places, cemeteries, abandoned houses. We would love to go on these wacky adventures uh, in the middle of the night. On this one particular night, we drove up to the Gettysburg Battlegrounds. We decided to spend one of the nights driving around on the country roads that wove in and out of the various battlegrounds. On this one road, just a big field, we pulled the car over. My best friend, his girlfriend, and then another friend of ours. The four of us decided to get out of the car and explore and see if we could find or hear anything strange and unusual. We decided to split up. The two gentlemen wanted to go out into the field to see if they could stir something up. My girlfriend and I decided to stay near the car because we were chickens. When she and I were standing against the car, we started hearing wagon wheels. We didn't know where the sound was coming from. Well, all of a sudden, this shadow, human-sized shadow, starts walking in front of us. Now, this was past midnight on a summer evening, and you shouldn't be seeing shadows. I wanted to test my sanity, so I didn't say anything to her other than, did you just see something? And she said, that shadow that just walked in front of us? Well, that confirmed for me that she saw exactly the same thing that I did. We shrieked and jumped into the car, holding on to each other for dear lives. 
all of a sudden, the gentlemen came running back to the car at the same time. They were in a panic. My one best friend, he starts up the car and we start speeding away from where we just were. They're not talking. We're still shaking in the back seat, my girlfriend and I. We pull over and we said, well, what happened? The two gentlemen went out into the field. They decided to split and go in opposite directions. They each experienced a moment by themselves where one was talked to and the other one was tapped on the shoulder. And of course they thought it was just the other friend playing a trick, but they came to find out that they were nowhere near each other at that time. So they both ran back towards the middle, met each other, and ran back to the car. That is what happened, and it really did happen, and it was many, many years ago, but we talk about it to this day. That's really fascinating. I cannot wait to get to Gettysburg. We actually had a couple of submissions from Gettysburg. Joe sent us a submission, too. We, it's not included in, in this broadcast, but maybe we can use it uh, down the road. She said that uh, she actually has seen apparitions of Civil War soldiers standing in her bedroom. Oh, inappropriate <laughs> consent. It's a thing, guys. There's a great series of books by an author named Mark Nesbitt called uh, Ghosts of Gettysburg, and he's got six or seven of them. Was he also in a band from the 60s? No, that was Mike Nesmith. Oh. He was in the Monkees. Different guy. Okay. Mark's a former uh, park ranger at Gettysburg, was there for years and saw firsthand a lot of bizarre things. And he talks about those types of hauntings. In many cases, they're what are called residual hauntings. It's mm -hmm. almost like a, a tape loop being played back. Which is just so sad. Yeah. But it's not like a, it's not a consciousness in that case. It's just like a recording. And they can happen at any time, but they seem to happen even more during um, Civil War reenactments. Interesting. When there's a, a big reenactment going on, like in July on the anniversary of the, uh, of the Battle of Gettysburg. So like the energies yeah. are stirred or yeah. something like that. And in those cases, they're not just residual. Sometimes they seem to be intelligent hauntings or visions. He talks about a couple of guys that were uh, at Little Round Top and uh, just kind of hanging out on the side of uh, of the hill. And these were reenactors. And they see a guy walking up toward them in full military regalia. Not unusual during a reenactment. No, except that as he walked toward them and they and he nodded at them, like acknowledged that they were there that and then just disappeared, just Whoa. vaporized in front of their eyes. Uh, that's horrifying. But the sound of wagon wheels, that's that's a common thing. The sound of uh, troops marching through the woods and, you, you know, hearing their canteens slap on the sides of their uh, hips and their rifles. And you can actually hear that yeah. from time to time at Gettysburg. And uh, there's no explanation for it. And it doesn't happen just once in a while. It happens pretty frequently. It's it's interesting. I can't wait to go. It's definitely in our in our top 10. Our next story comes from Dave from Georgia. He had this weird experience. I live in uh, Noonan, Georgia, and I'm an ordained minister. Uh, my niece asked me to perform the ceremony for her wedding. She lives in California, San Diego. And so we decided that, or I decided to go ahead and do it for her. And we decided, me and my wife, decided since we're going out there, we'll just make a, a week of it and do some sightseeing and check out some places here and there. 
Anytime we go to a different town, we always check out any, any places that are supposedly haunted or anything that's creepy like that. We always love checking that out. So we go to this place called the Whaley House in uh, Old Town, San Diego. The Whaley House has got all kind of tragedy that surrounds it. Uh, Thomas Whaley had it. Lost a bunch of children. Uh, there was some uh, lots of hangings right on the site where the house was built because I think Thomas Whaley was some sort of justice of the peace, something like that. There's a tour they take you on out there called uh, Ghosts and Gravestones. They take us through the whole house, and you're checking out everything. They're telling us the stories, the different things that happened there. And um, I think one of the uh, hauntings they were talking about was a person named Yankee Jim Robinson. Yankee Jim Robinson. He was hung on that site. His ghost is famous for uh, heavy footsteps upstairs and knocking a bunch of stuff around. So on this tour, um, we have to wait for them to finish a certain part of the tour so we can go into the room and do our turn. So me and my wife decided to walk to the end of the hall, and there were two chairs sitting there, so we decided we'd just take a break, you know, sit down and wait. There were no people in the hallway. There were no people coming up the steps. All of a sudden, we hear these heavy footsteps right in front of us. And I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she says, Did you hear that? And I said, Yeah, I heard it. I was wondering if you heard it. We were just kind of astonished that it It actually happened happened right there in front of us. It was very creepy, really awesome for something to, to happen to us that you don't expect it was very cool love your show guys keep up the good work thanks well i think you got your money's worth at that tour <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. yankee jim had some heavy feet i guess wow the whaley house let's put that on our list too thanks for all the great ideas you guys <laughs> that's got to be interesting did he say that he saw yankee jim he heard the footsteps he heard the footsteps and And so often that's the case where you hear something right uh but no don't necessarily see something and i think that uh part of what makes us always second guess ourselves is we don't have the um luxury of having more than one sense say this happened you know and that was like with with my i don't know experience when i was in high school um i only had the one sense my hearing to Mm -hmm. tell me that something weird had happened to me i was uh, a senior in high school i was uh, on our high school's uh, varsity volleyball team of course you were well we only had a varsity volleyball team (laughs) there was no jv no okay um so yeah I was driving on my way home from a late game. So I was probably uh, three miles from my house. Um, It was dark because it was uh, nearing midnight. Mm -hmm. And coming up over a hill, I'm listening to the radio. I don't remember what was on, but... Probably um, the Cranberries. No, I was too old for the Cranberries at that time. Uh, I just know that you were a big Cranberries fan. In junior high, yes, but not (laughs) when I was a senior in high school. Okay. I mean, I still liked Zombie because obviously... <laughs> but I wasn't like busting out to linger or something oh, like that. Okay. All right. um, <laughs> anyway, so the radio was on and all of a sudden my radio turned off. There was no static. It just stopped. What was the power still on though? I mean, could you see the lights on the radio? No. It just died. It just stopped. Wow. 
Nothing about the car, my driving, nothing else changed. Just the radio stopped. And then from my right ear, I heard, Katie. Then there was a pause and the radio came back on. Wow. Wow. Now, not everybody called you Katie. No, no. At Most that, people called you Cat. Yeah. And um, so up until about people who knew me before about third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade called me Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're a teacher and then you called me Katrina. Did you lose anybody in that time frame that did call you Katie or? Not really. No, no, no. no. You did mention this story to me once before, and you said that um, that was the same area a few years later that you had a pretty serious car accident, too. It was a few years before that I had been in the car accident. Okay, it was a few years before. So you had a car accident there. Yep. And then you had this voice talk to you in the same spot years later. Yeah. That's creepy. Well, it's I don't see how the two could be connected, but the fact that they both happened at that spot is a little weird for sure. Yeah. But yeah, and I've never found a way to uh, make sense of that in my head. Um, and it, again, if I had seen something in addition to hearing it, right. it would make my brain a little more willing to say, oh, that happened. Hmm. But naturally, I want to go, well, it was late and you were probably tired and, you know. Yeah, and often when I'm tired, my radio goes out <laughs> all the time with that. Yeah. <laughs> radio was tired, too. Yeah. Late. <laughs> Our next story comes all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Liz sent us this story from Down Under. Hi, Jethro and Kat. It's Liz calling from Melbourne, Australia, and I have a freaky story for you. When I was around 16, my parents and I went on a holiday to Tasmania which is a little island off the south coast. It's also where British convicts were sent to do hard labour, so there are a lot of ghosts and eerie ruins around. I think the whole place feels creepy, but anyway. We drove around the island and eventually got to a place called Stanley, where we'd all have a freaky and life-changing experience. Yay! We were staying in the Harbour Master's Cottage, a sweet little cottage perched atop a cliff looking out to sea and picture perfect. It had been the home of mm, the Harbour Master in the 1800s. The place was tiny and the beds were narrow. You know, it was all Victorian stuff. The double bed was just a little bit wider than a single, so Mum and I decided to bunk together in a room at the front of the house with big bay windows looking out to sea. Oh, gorgeous. We put our bags in the room and Mum pointed to one of the beds and said, Oh, you can sleep in that bed, pointing to a bed up against a wall next to a beautiful ornate mantle. Nope, I said there's no way I'm sleeping there, Uh uh-uh. I had this feeling of repulsion, dread and fear. I couldn't explain it, but there was no way in hell I was sleeping there. She shrugged her shoulders and thought I was just being an annoying teenager, which, well, I was. She said, fine, I'll sleep there and you have the other bed, pointing to the bed of dread as it was tucked behind the door. That night, we all sat around reading and I found the guest book. I flipped through looking for famous people, (laughs) yeah right, and saw someone had started a story about a ghost called the Grey Lady who lived in the house. There were silly pictures of people with sheets over them and funny stories. I was totally freaking out and mum and dad were telling me not to be stupid. After going to bed and sleeping for a few hours, I woke up with a start and instantly turned around to look at mum. She was sitting bolt upright in bed like there was a rod up her back and staring at a strange nothingness. Around her head was a shimmering kind of fog. Yes, I rubbed my eyes and looked twice. I asked if she was okay. No response. 
I thought I was just having a dream, so I went back to bed. A bit later, I was woken up by a blood-curdling scream. I jumped out of bed and ran into the hallway. I went into Dad's room to see what the hell was going on, and there was Mum, white as a sheet, hunched down behind him on the bed, shivering and crying hysterically. She was not a crier, and I don't think I'd seen her cry until then. She was hysterical. Dad was screaming too because she was digging her fingernails into his back. I was terrified and jumped up on the bed too. I didn't want to be by myself. Dad was trying to get some sense out of her, but all she said was, There! There! Pointing to the door. Something flashed past the door to the left and then flashed back past to the right. And then, what looked like a hand waved at us above the door frame. Dad, who always poo-pooed ghosts, turned to me and said, Pack up all your stuff, we're going. He was getting freaked out too. He looked after mum and I had to go back into that room to get all our gear. Yep, that room, by myself. While I was packing up, supersonic speed, a strange smell started to fill the air around that mantle. The longer I was there, the stronger and more pungent it became. It was so strong and I began to feel sick. Then the words, don't ask me why they popped into my head, but they did. Dead horse and rotting oranges. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. If I walked even a foot from the mantle, no smell. Just when I was close to it, it started to reek again. The smell would come back and the longer I stayed, the stronger and more disgusting it became. When we got home, we asked mum about the whole experience, but she refused to speak about it for years, like fully traumatised. We contacted the host and told her what happened. Oh, you met her then, she said. Ah, yeah, my mum's traumatised and we all needed fresh undies, but anyway. Her response was, not sure why she didn't like you so much. Apparently this thing had a habit of visiting people who slept in her bed, and she was not happy that mum was in it. Nope, not happy at all. A few years went by and one night, after a few wines, mum decided to tell us her story. I went to bed and started to fall asleep. I was drifting off and then I felt something walking on the end of my bed, like a cat. I went to push it off and was pulled up to a fully seated position violently by something. I couldn't lie down, I was completely frozen. Then I was kind of outside my body looking down onto myself. All I saw was grey silvery hair coming out of my face like it was underwater, swaying, shimmering and floating. I heard words but I can't remember what they were. I do remember feeling incredibly vivid colours throughout my body. They were metallic colours that don't exist, so I can't explain them, but it was like metal in my veins. I felt trapped and then all of a sudden she released me and that's when I screamed and ran away. Uh, thanks for that mum, I'm never sleeping again. Dad worked with a guy who uh, was sort of into all these sorts of things and he relayed the story. He mentioned the smell I had come across and the friend interrupted and said, mm, did it smell like dead horse and rotting oranges? What the fudge? To this day, she, she still believes in ghosts and we've, we've seen lots of other little bits and pieces that I could report back on, but that's probably the one that freaked us out the most and made us all believers. So enjoy that. Have a great night's sleep. And uh, if there's a cat on the end of your bed, look out. Bye. Ooh, the grey lady of Tasmania. The fact that the silvery hair seemed to be coming out of her face mm. creeps the fuck out of me. <laughs> yep. I think my favorite part of the story was her reference to having to change their underpants. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Underpants are just funny, even in Australia. 
Oh my gosh. I wish we had time for more. This has been so much fun. I just really love hearing from you and especially these kinds of stories. It's so amazing. And you're so incredible that you took the time to tell us these stories. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. It was so much fun. Have a great Halloween. And uh, don't forget, tickets available for the live show, theboxofoddities.com. The uh, show is February 27th at Zany's Comedy Nightclub in Nashville. Okay, kids. Well, story time's over. Yep, it's uh, time to get out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween, my love. Happy Halloween. Chocolate's bad for dogs. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. The box of oddities commits to the telling of stories, stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring well look no further and join me katie charlwood your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books as i delve into unsolved historical mysteries murders by gaslight and of course women who have been misrepresented through all time on who did what now the history podcast that's not your history class listen wherever you get your podcasts if you like this podcast can we recommend another one It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.